do you remember the future? Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Michael J. Fox. More like a couple of teenagers, you know? And Michael J. Fox. Mom, is that you? Back to the Future. Gotta get back in time. Part 2. Hello and welcome back to Franchise Fanatics. I'm Ryan. And I'm Cody. <laughs> That's right. And today we're going to talk about Back to the Future 2. We're going back to the future. Talk about deja vu. That's right. We're actually going to the future for the first time. So in a lot of ways, the title makes no sense in their feud context. One, that they didn't go to the future in the first one. And also, they're not going back to the future. Uh, They're just going to the future. You know, last episode, we talked about how this had no plot holes, but the title is a plot hole. Um, Exactly. And what I'm going to say real quick, because it's not even necessarily a plot point. I love when we re- when we rewatched this that the first five minutes is just the last five minutes of the last movie, but shot with a different actress. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As we mentioned last time, this movie does pick up exactly where the left the last one left off. But I didn't. Uh, yeah, that's that's right because in this one, um, I, I don't remember the actress from the first movie, but she is replaced by Elizabeth Shue. If the Elizabeth shoe fits. Hey, it's a big get. It's a big get. Is this is this not to go off on too much of a tangent already, but is this pre or post adventures in babysitting Elizabeth shoe? I know it's pre leaving Las Vegas, but like, where's this fall in the. Hey, Ryan, I'm going to actually look that up. You uh, you drive the podcast for a second. Here's the wheel. All right. I'm going to drive this DeLorean, if you will, for just a moment. Um, so I guess what I'll I'll start off by um sharing my initial thoughts on Back to the Future 2. I love this movie. I think it's really great. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about it in the broader context of the franchise as a whole. Um, But one thing that you and I both have kind of mentioned to each other previously, Cody, is that for a long time as kids, we actually liked this movie better than the original Back to the Future, which I find interesting, and I still really love this one. But... You know, as I was rewatching it, kind of thinking about that, I was thinking about like what made like why as a kid did I love this movie more than the original? And I think it's because this movie, to some extent, does kind of feel like it's a little bit more built for like there's flying cars. You know, there's like, you know, all this new fashion. There's hoverboards like it's just stuff that I think kids kind of enjoy a bit more. But um, yeah, this this movie is really, really fun. I think we'll talk about it, obviously, in a little bit more. Uh, context, but yeah, that's that's my initial thoughts. Here. Ooh, back in the car of the podcast here with the answer. Um, so Elizabeth Shue, this is two years after Adventures in Babysitting. Okay, so, cool. So what a get. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan, one word. Hoverboards. Or I guess two. I, I think it's one word. Maybe hyphenated. Do you want me to look that up? Yeah, you look up if hoverboards is one word or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, to the point where, I don't know if you remember this or not, as we were getting to the year that is the future year and back to the future Two. Mattel announced that they were releasing a hoverboard. And even though obviously it wasn't a real hoverboard, I forget how the toy worked. It wasn't really what it was, but I was like an adult. Me was getting excited. I was like, if we can discover hoverboards in this day and age, that's all I need to be happy. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I just love the concept. But yeah, I, you're right. I mean, it's it's fun, futuristic. It's a little bit more um, 80s action-y as we'll get into it. The whole dystopian scene with like the vice principal where he's like just strapped for no reason with a bunch of guns. Like, it's just so, so funny. Can I, can I interject for just a second? Because this is something I wanted to talk about. So uh, jumping ahead a little bit here, uh, again, assuming that you've seen this movie and we're not spoiling anything from you. Also, this movie is from like 1989. However, uh, I just love that even in like the dystopian context of, of the city or the town, uh, Strickland, the principal, like still he, he doesn't even know who Marty is. But he he hates slackers so much. He's got a shotgun in his face and he just goes, you look like a slacker. I just love that no matter what, this guy just <laughs> hates like kids that he thinks like won't turn in their homework on time so much. Yeah. Back to the Future 2 scared me straight for sure. But no. Yeah. So my initial thoughts, like we like we said, I definitely want to agree with you. It is. Um, it, I, I always think of it as my favorite. You know, watching it, it is goofier. Um, I love it still, but I do think it is like bombastic and that's why I loved it more. Um, but Ryan, those are my initial thoughts. Again, we have to go back to who should we be sponsored by this episode? You know, I'm not big on giant corporations. The coffee we wanted to get from a small local business, a black owned business with what I think is the best coffee in town is the long room. Uh, check it out. It's at Ashland and Irving Park. I mentioned I don't like big corporations because I'm currently drinking Starbucks coffee, which is burnt. It doesn't taste nearly as good as the delicious $4 bottomless coffee you can get from the long room. Yeah, Ryan's actually going to open another podcast that's just an ASMR podcast of him talking about coffee. So we hope you guys are excited for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to choose. Uh, we're we're sponsored. It's a big get just like elizabeth shoe by jaws 19 the version of jaws that comes out in this film wow truly so honored to have steven spielberg cyborg grandson support us i assume that's who directed the movie oh i thought for a second i thought you just mispronounced spielberg i did okay <laughs> well i guess i'm an asshole for pointing it out because you really just kind of flew right by it on the seat of your pants without uh needing to address it yeah i mean I think that a cyborg version of Steven Spielberg called Steven Spielberg needs to be a creation in some movie or TV show now um, because I said it and I breathed life into it. Shark still looks fake. So I don't know if we need to do any more necessarily like big character breakdowns for this. I guess we can really quick discuss Marty's girlfriend. She's in it a bit more. Um, and Marty's kids. Uh, do they grow up to be assholes, Doc? Uh, you know, I love that worry. Um, do we go up to be assholes, Doc? It's such a realistic worry. Um, but we'll start with uh, his girlfriend. So Jennifer is, um, you know, not really in it too much in the first movie. And then they make it seem like at the end of the next movie, she's going to be like a leading lady in this. And then they pretty quickly uh, like she Doc's like, oh, nope, I'm going to actually knock her out because she's too smart and asking too many questions. Like, I like that they present her as like, Oh, Marty, she's like not she's not like just on board with time travel. She's trying to figure stuff out. I got to knock her out. And then later on, um, we won't get into the plot, but like it's very fun. We just have her very reactionary to things throughout as opposed to necessarily like a character arc. Uh, but it's fun. It's fun to um, have 
just another uh, kind of a more realistic like audience stand because like I think that's how we would be if we traveled to the future. We wouldn't just be like Marty, who's just kind of like accepting. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, agree. I, I do wish I, I did like that. That's sort of the role that she took on of being like, wait, what? Like she's the only person in these films that knows what's going on and is questioning it. So that was kind of fun. I wish that they probably would have made her like given her more of a comedic element and like obviously more of a story arc. Cause yeah, like you're like, Oh cool. Jennifer's coming along. And then she gets knocked out like 90 seconds later for asking like four questions and I, not to like bring this to another film, but like I, it would have been cool to see her play more of like what Lil Rel does in Get Out, where like he's kind of the voice of the audience in a lot of ways throughout the movie, but he's just also so fucking funny throughout it. Um, and yeah, also we we see a little bit more of Doc Brown in this one too, which yeah. is nice. You know, we we mentioned how much we love that character. Obviously, I mean, I think one of the more beloved like movie characters of all time. Maybe I would say, uh, but we also mentioned during the first episode that he doesn't get a ton of screen time. So we we get a lot more doc here, which is which is also cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, the the future generation, both Marty's kids and Griff. Um, so Marty's kids played by Michael J. Fox, uh, just like. Like a more dweebish version of of Marty, we meet him and he's like so sweaty they make him look so sweaty in that scene it's ridiculous and then when he plays his daughter it's just such a funny voice he's like my mom and dad oh my god i love everything and it's like um (laughs) i don't like love when someone plays multiple roles sorry eddie murphy but uh (laughs) but this this is funny because i didn't realize it for years and it's like just a fun little thing and then griff I think like how that actor like messes with his voice to be a little bit more high pitched and the idea that he's like got cybernetic enhancements that make him like an even bigger bully is very funny. Why he's wearing so much like tin like this movie. I'm so glad this movie was wrong about the style of what was it 2015 I think is when think it so, takes yeah. place because like yeah he's just wearing like a bunch of like tin like it looks like he has a chipotle like burrito bowl on top of his head and it's just it's just awful uh <laughs> and then obviously we can't forget billy zane in both these movies <laughs> is he you know I, I was wondering i was like are we gonna talk about billy zane because like he's just kind of a lackey like does he even have any lines or anything you might i don't know billy zane contact the podcast and let us know if you had any lines or yeah not, you know Let's hope Billy Zane is listening. And let's also hope that Eddie Murphy isn't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Eddie Murphy, you are great in movies. I just don't like movies where it's like also same with Adam Sandler. When you played your sister, like just just cast another actor or actress. Come on. (laughs) Just check in for Cody's Corner on a different (laughs) podcast where he just shits on awesome comedians. I'm just yeah, (laughs) I'm burning my bridges in Hollywood. (laughs) Martin Lawrence is not safe from Cody's diatribes. <laughs> Boy, you are two kinds of crazy. All right. Well, now that we've kind of discussed the breakdown of the characters and everything, Ryan, are you ready? Because I'm getting the timer ready. I think so. I think I'm ready to go. Can Ryan tell us the plot of Back to the Future 2 in three minutes? Well, I don't know. One, two, three. All right. So as we know from the uh, the ending of the first, like Doc shows up, he's like, you got to come with me to the future where we're going. We don't need roads. Jennifer's going with him. 
they get there and Doc is kind of explaining, like, basically his son gets into some shenanigans with Griff and his crew. And so they get there and it's it's honestly sort of like a recycling of the first movie. Like he goes to the diner. This time it's in the future. Still fish out of water. Then there's this big hoverboard fight that they get into. And then the gang actually goes through the clock tower. So now everything seems to be remedied. The picture's coming back. But then what happens is Marty decides that he wants to get a sports almanac so he can go back and bet a bunch of stuff. Doc, of course, you know, not a fan at all of meddling with the past or the future to any extent. He drops it. Biff, who is now Griff's grandfather, uh, is just sort of this old man who just is complaining about everything. And he actually finds a sports almanac so and then steals the DeLorean. So now he goes back in time and he finds Griff. Or sorry, he finds Biff, rather, his his younger self. Gives him the sports almanac, and then what happens is eventually we we get back to the present, but now it's way different, like we talked about earlier. Like, it's very dystopic. The school isn't open or anything. Strickland still hates slackers. Uh, but then he, uh, he uh, yeah, so they kind of realize what's going on, and then Doc espouses that basically they have to go to the past and the current timeline to go find when... Uh, Biff meets his younger self, gives him the sports almanac. Also, at this point in this time, like Biff is a super millionaire. He's he lives in like this swanky penthouse suite at the top of a casino that he owns. He's now also married to Marty's mother, Lorraine, and George is dead. We don't know why George is dead, but he is. So now we go back to the uh, the past and also back to the first movie for like the third act and they kind of run simultaneously for a little bit. Marty is kind of going through the school, trying to get the sports almanac back and everything. And eventually, you know, all is well. They get it back. Uh, George still knocks out Biff. Everything goes uh, is back up to snuff. And then eventually they're kind of back uh, at the DeLorean Everyone's still kind of coming after him. Biff is is driving his car and everything. And Doc gets in the DeLorean. It gets struck by lightning. You think he kind of poofs. Then a magical, or a magical, uh, a mystery man comes and hands Marty a document. And it turns out that Doc Brown has gone back to the Wild West in like the 1850s, I think. Because apparently that's where he's always wanted to go. With four seconds ago, that is Back to the Future too. I realize I did not talk about Marty and his kids or how George is upside down at one point in time and they put a little tiny pizza into a thing and it comes out fully cooked. Slacker. Yeah, big pizza, little pizza, huge plot line. Uh, yeah, uh, one other thing this is not this is not a plot point, but I do want to point out that they put a trailer for Back to the Future 3 at the end of the movie. So you watch the movie and then it just is like the last five minutes is just scenes from Back to the Future 3, like out of context, like a trailer. And I, I don't know if that was a con. I can't remember another movie that like did that in my brain that like was like, and here's a trailer for the next movie. Like what a what a ballsy move. Like clearly it was going to be green lit and stuff. But um, I wonder if that just created so much excitement for the movie or if you know what, because, um, well, no spoilers for how we feel about Back to the Future 3. Uh, you know, actually, I haven't rewatched it yet. I could end up loving it i i, I gotta rewatch it too so i'll i'll spare my feelings from this episode and wait till folks tune in uh for the following one yeah ryan i mean man great job with the three minute challenge did you practice 
No, no, I was actually like I was saying before we hit record, like I I rewatched this like a month ago, maybe. And so I was worried I was like going to leave out a lot or just like feel very rushed to talk about like the final act of the film or something. No, you you did great. Um, Yeah. So let's get it. Since you did the three minute challenge, what is your rating of this film? Uh, I'm going to give it four and a half out of five Biff Biff Canes. Oh, nice. I was going to (laughs) say I was going to say four point five out of five Biff Bucks, which I think are the. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the fake money. But no, I love Biff Canes. Hello, McFly. So good. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, here, I'll let you espouse your feelings about it real quick. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the beginning of the movie, also, or sorry, the beginning of the episode, and also, I, I do want to also address something that we talked about earlier. We, we talked about how this is, like, a little bit more for kids. It's still not necessarily, like, strictly a kid's movie. I think there's just more elements that are fun to kids. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie this movie is great. Um, you know, it, it's, it is kind of fun to see, like, some of the characters play you know, like like there's Biff and there's Griff played by the same person. I think that's kind of a fun take on it. I know you feel otherwise. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just think like, yeah, the, the hoverboards and everything are cool. Like, I think they really did a nice job of uh, kind of continuing on things. And I'll, I'll let you share and then we'll talk about, you know, what's the same, what's new and like whether or not it helped or hurt the franchise. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I love Biff and Griff played by the same actor. Um, listen, this movie, I'm fine with it. Other movies, watch out. Uh, but no, I love this movie. I mean, like we said, it's super fun. You know, Biff, I think, steps into being even more of a villain in this movie. Like, I would say that, you know, it's borrowed from like, whatever, Save the Cat and other screenwriting books. The scent of death in the first movie is not the Biff encounter. It's the clock tower. And are they going to be able to get back to the present? Like, that is the most what's going to happen. And in this movie, it is like Biff has a gun on him, you know, and like he is, you know, he's like, I was told by an old man that someone was going to come and I never knew it was you, Marty. You know, like it's so we get this. The personal animosity between them is so strong. He reveals he killed George, which I don't know if we covered in the plot challenge or not, but he that's the scene that he reveals that. So it's just a little bit more um, ominous in this one. You know, Biff's presence while still being very lighthearted, just like he's a bad guy. Super fun. Um, Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole hotel casino scene like how that the fact they have this insane penthouse i i don't know why but that set lives rent free in my head pretty consistently like there's just something about like that huge couch and stuff as a kid i was like even though it's the bad guys layer i was like i'd love an apartment like that one day um (laughs) yeah it's so dark like i was like can we turn on some lights in this room and i'm sure it was meant to be lighted like that but yeah oh i'm sure but yeah i mean you know Nothing we haven't already said. Great film. Really had a good time. God bless America. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, you know, did we need this movie and and did it help or hurt the franchise? Um, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, do we need this movie? I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like we have said a few times now, like this movie picks up exactly where the left le- the first one left off. And, you know, that seemed pretty intentional. Like it was pretty obvious they were setting it up for a sequel. Um, but I think this movie does go in a few new different directions. Um, you know, it, it does go to the future. You see a lot of that and it does 
like I kind of said, you know, there's a lot that parallels with the first movie, but then it also goes in a lot of different directions. You just talked about different character arcs with like Biff and everything. So, yeah, I think this is like a a fun new direction for the franchise. Um, Robert Zemeckis, you know, just like the first one. Great direction. Very cool cinematography. Just a fun movie all around. So, yeah, I think it did a nice job of kind of introducing some new things without like straying too far from the original. And uh, yeah, I'd say it definitely helped the franchise. I mean, we both have mentioned that we actually liked this one at different points in time more than the first. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, um, for sure, we needed the movie, uh, I think, immensely like it, it is the natural next step. You know, that's the thing with like, we'll get to this, like with sequels, with reboots, with all of that, like you always are trying to try to keep some things the same while taking a step forward. And obviously we went to the past and the present. So the future's super smart, but very smart. And like, what's the same? What's new? The first third of the movie is a rehash of a lot of the set pieces in the first movie that were really fun and worked well just now with flying cars, hoverboards, stuff like that, like a different way to make something similar, exciting again, which I think is great. Um, Yeah, I think that that's that is the thing with like sequels. Like. I'm trying to remember, I think it's with video games that I there's a reviewer I like that said that, like, the furthest you can go with something is in space. There's infinite possibilities. So, like, you're always going to try to take that next step. But once you've hit space, you've gone too far. And like, I use that as a barometer, you know, for like, hey, is there somewhere else we could go with this? You know, and obviously with this, there is. Yeah, I definitely helped the franchise. Um, I'm going to talk about where it falls in the franchise for me. So this is really difficult because I I love them both. I did rate it lower because I think it's a a little bit more goofy than the first one is in some ways, you know, Um, both very funny. but I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go back to the future and back to the future too for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think at this point in time in my life, back to the future is is my favorite out of the franchise and then comes uh, too. But stick around for the next episode to see where these first two will fall after we review back to the future three. three. Uh, one real quick thing before we before we leave, Ryan, uh, I don't I want to mention this cameo because it's a great cameo. George's boss. Or is it Marty's boss? Marty's boss is Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's the drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So we're, is it not? Who is it? It's the bass player from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know. I don't know music, man. Counting Crows is my favorite band. You know this about me. You are terminated. Here's what I'm going to say. We normally are not going to recast because, you know, there's no purpose. I'm curious if off your, off like just right now, who would you, who's a similar cameo that you would slap in there? Lizzo. Oh. Yeah, that's that's great. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go, you know, who I think and you're going to hate this, but I don't know why Flea gives me Pete Davidson vibes. <laughs> I'm going to go Pete Davidson. <laughs> Check out Bupkiss on Peacock. <laughs> Another. Uh, hey, I'm Pete Davidson. Here's a movie about my life. <laughs> All right, before we go on another diatribe where we burn every other comedy bridge, we burned all our bridges in Hollywood. Now we're burning bridges in Staten Island. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to do that with that one real quick. Um, Awesome. 
Well, I think that I think that about covers it for Back to the Future too. Yeah, that's Back to the Future too. Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, feel free to leave a review, uh, give us a thumbs up, and let us know your recast. Do whatever you want. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to recast yourself, not yourself in one of these roles. Don't don't be that. You know, don't don't be a narcissist. I'm saying if you want to recast other Hollywood actors in some of these main characters, let Cody and I know. Maybe if you if you leave us a review, we'll we'll talk about it, whether or not we agree or disagree with you. Awesome. Thanks. Have a great one. Thanks. Thanks.